JFK. The 1991 film from Oliver Stone is one of the most controversial of all time. It deals with one of the most disputed American historical events in the country's history. But we're not going to talk about any of that today because this is a film podcast, not a fact-checking podcast. I'm Peter. And I'm Shay. And you're listening to Stellar Alignment. Welcome to episode 8, where we're talking John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the film adaptation, based on the books On the Trail of the Assassins by Jim Garrison, and Crossfire, the plot that killed Kennedy by Jim Mars. Screenplay credited to Oliver Stone and Zachary Schuyler. The script had numerous other contributors and researchers. Starring but not limited to Kevin Costner, Gary Oldman, Sissy Spacek, Joe Pesci, Tommy Lee Jones, and the list goes on and on which makes this the most used movie in Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. What do you think of the movie? I've seen it before. I did like it. There was a lot of exposition. And like we could <laughs> we could have went through and taken like detailed notes and like fact checked this, which I'm sure there are tons and tons of podcasts that have done that and broken it apart. Critics, film reviewers. I just didn't want to touch that uh, part of it. Historians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are not historians. We're interested in the cinematic aspect of the movie. It as a movie. And, as entertainment. And, yeah, and was it entertaining? Yes. And I agree. I've seen JFK before. This one isn't really my type of movie. Mm. I still found it entertaining. I found it well shot. Mm-hmm. And there were so many stars in it. Lots of stars. So many stars. Very star-studded. Mm-hmm. And from what I heard... Uh, there's a decent amount of actors in this movie that waive their fee just to be a part of the film. This is 1991. It is kind of the height of Oliver Stone. Born on the Fourth of July has come out. Platoon's come out. Wall Street has already come out. The Doors came out also in 1991. Wow, busy. And because of the subject matter, I'm sure there's a lot of actors that wanted to be a part of this retelling of a very infamous historical event in American history. There's a lot of controversy behind the film because there's many critics out there that believe that Oliver Stone took liberty. He's based it off of uh, two specific books that we mentioned before, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, a lot of research that went in behind the film. But as far as entertainment goes, it's definitely an entertaining Very movie. Very entertaining. It's, it's well kind shot. of like one of those edges. See, the thing is, is you know what's going to happen, right? We know the outcome of this. The question is, is like, where are the storytellers going to take the story? I think it's suspenseful and edge of your seat. And even though there's lots of monologues and exposition mm. and interviews, it's still... Very entertaining. The editing really done really well. He's able to deliver, like you said, all this exposition and monologues and everything done in a really good way because it's lawyers interviewing uh, suspects or witnesses from the scene of the crime. And it it doesn't feel forced. There Mm -hmm. are actually a decent amount of scenes where Kevin Costner is just monologuing. I mean, there's a huge mm-hmm. monologue from Kevin Costner at the end of the movie. There's the scene with Mr. X, uh, Donald Sutherland's character, where Donald, Donald Sutherland is exposition for 16 minutes straight. 
But it's because it's this secret meeting between Costner's character, Jim Garrison, and Mr. X, and he's divulging this information to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and while their scene is very, like, placid, they're just walking, you know, mm-hmm. monuments behind them. They're... Sitting on a park bench. Exactly. There's just cut to these other scenes mm-hmm. illustrating this point and this history yes. and exactly this conspiracy going on behind them. And the, I think you're touching on something good there. The editing that's done among the interviews and um, among these uh, exposition marathons <laughs> is, is done really well. And in fact, the movie was nominated for eight Oscars, just like last week's Raging Bull, nominated for eight, won two. So um, the two that it won was Best Cinematography and Best Film Editing. And I would say that, that it, that's well-deserved because the way that they're able to edit all of the footage that they they make themselves and also edited in real footage real from, from the time mm-hmm. uh, is done very smoothly. A lot of the camera shots that he chooses to use uh, done very well. It does feel like a thriller, which is which is odd because again we know the outcome, right? <laughs> we don't know exactly, especially for the first time viewer, where Costner's character is going to end up at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and ultimately none of that works out the way Jim Garrison wants. But the lead up to all of it is kind of edges your seat. One scene that I'm thinking of in particular that I took note of is the scene where Costner is interviewing John Candy's character, Dean Andrews. And there's just this close up right next to the side of Candy's face. It's it's a moment where he's speaking low and doesn't want the people in the restaurant around him to hear him. And it's a very tense scene. And just this close-up on his face was just, it made you feel really tense, like you wanted to keep this a secret also. The flashbacks that are done in black and white and this home footage and the pictures and the news articles mm-hmm. and the the editing of the shots along with the sound, um, also nominated for Best Sound, didn't win though. Very interesting how they how they did all that absolutely super meta like another scene kevin costner is just in his library or office and he's reading the warren report but as he's reading he pictures the court scene which is now a flashback Mm. the actor pruitt taylor vince was in there Mm. and he was recounting what he saw on the witness stand and they were just getting his testimony on the witness stand and when he started talking in the courtroom in the warren reports that Kevin Costner's just reading there's like a black and white footage like back flash where he's looking at overlooking the parking lot and he sees a couple people and it's like really fuzzy and out of focus and mm-hmm. it's just it's very clearly different shots and it's a shot within a shot within a shot right it's fantastic they use a lot of different cameras too I, I forget exactly how many different cameras they use but they're using eight millimeters 16 millimeters and all these different types of cameras and different film to get this different feel. They're shooting it from different angles. Of course, I have to mention, because I am a Seinfeld fan, the courtroom scene where they're talking about the magic bullet and the connection to the Seinfeld episode with Kramer and the magic loogie, where where they're talking about Kramer and Newman getting hit by 
a, a spittle from Keith Hernandez, them saying that they both got hit by the same spit and Jerry walks him through and it flashes back into black and white, just like it does in JFK. What's really funny about that is in the courtroom scene, Wayne Knight is, is being used in the car and he's also plays Newman on Seinfeld. So oh, a, a little bit of a connection yeah, that's there. Funny. That's fun. So many comedic actors, of course, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, old school comedic actors that have been in tons of movies together. Only movie they were did together that they weren't in a scene together. A little bit of trivia there too. We only listed a few names at the top, the ones that had the most screen time. We could go through the list. Said Kevin Costner, J.O. Sanders, who most people would probably know by name, but has been in many movies. I remember him first from the 90s uh, Angels in the Outfield. Ed Asner, of course, Jack Lemmon, Vincent D'Onofrio, Gary Oldman, we said, Sissy Spacek. Um, Brian Doyle Murray plays Jack Ruby. Wayne Knight, Michael Rooker, who is an amazing character actor. Laurie Metcalf. So many. Gary Grubbs, who's another one just like J.O. Sanders, who you recognize because you've seen him. He's like, oh yeah, that guy. But you just, you just don't ever re- know his name. Joe Pesci, Walter Matthau, we said. Pruitt Taylor Vince, who... Identity. Yeah. Uh, among other films, Tony Plana, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Kevin Bacon, John Candy... Ellen McElduff, Frank Wally, who's another one of those actors that you see a lot, but you may or may not know his name, was trying out for the role of Lee Harvey Oswald, eventually goes to Gary Oldman. He plays the imposter. Lee Harvey Oswald, Ron Rifkin, Donald Sutherland. It just seemed like there was a new person popping up every time. It was like every new scene. It was like, Mm -hmm. oh shit, that person's in this? Or this person? I can't believe he's in this. It was a winner of best editing and best cinematography was nominated for best picture best director did not win tommy lee jones was nominated for best supporting actor best screenplay best sound and best original music who was john williams was the composer of this film of course john williams being you know back to the future and star wars and indiana jones and jaws and anything basically steven spielberg has done nominated for a whole list of other awards that we won't go into namely golden globes nominated and won best director for oliver stone no other wins there and then nominated and won best editing and sound for baftas nothing else that we really felt was worth mentioning although it is worth mentioning that after this film Oliver Stone does not receive much love from the uh, awards society. I wouldn't say his career started to go downhill from here, but I think that this movie really set his career back and people people kind of knew where Oliver Stone stood politically from past movies before JFK, but after this one, people I think had a hard time looking at Oliver Stone as anything other than this man who's some agenda who, who really has an agenda yeah we're not gonna get into the political side of this no. movie although as a mystery as a thriller i love the way he just posed questions there's this one scene where kevin costner is talking about you know all these big three-letter companies on this one block and how do they not know this one guy here 
posing these questions for everyone who's who's That's in this reality. Scene, right? like, that was a pretty the, good one. In Louisiana, this is the CIA building, FBI. Mm-hmm. The, I can't remember all of them, but here is this building where on the corner Ed, right Ed Esner's character, I'm blanking on his name, had a private eye office and also in the office ran this organization that was kind of pushing the communist agenda and lee harvey oswald apparently was part of the the team that that worked out of that office points out how did they not notice right on their their front step or whatever very interesting not their real life stuff i don't want to know it's funny because i was eight years old when this movie came out. So I didn't see this when it came out. I saw it uh, in my teenage years. For someone our age, it's tough to not think about the theories in this movie when you think about the assassination of JFK Mm. because the magic bullet theory became a very big part of the whole story. And I personally don't know if it became big because of Jim Garrison's actual investigation or just because of this movie. movie. I think that we've mentioned in in past podcasts that we have learned things from movies. I think a lot of people do. You you learn a lot when you watch television and movies. Culturally, information. The important thing to note here is just like the internet, which has come after television and movies, is you've got to make sure that you're checking your facts and you're not basing everything you know off of one bit of information that you got from the internet or TV and movies mm-hmm. or whatever it is. You never quite know yeah. if it's true or not. You probably can't really get rid of a body. I, yeah. I mean, who knows? I wouldn't try just because, just because just you thought you could. Dexter was able to do it. I, I yeah. wouldn't. No. Yeah. I mean, I probably could. I probably could. But I've seen I'm, a lot of movies. Yeah. <laughs> this is not admissible, by the way. This is all for entertainment value. We were here the whole time. I can see why my mom had a crush on Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. He is a southern gentleman. He's not from the south, though. He's, you know what? I don't care. I love the accent. He yeah, that's well. not... He played a well in a suit. I actually tall. I had a note. I had a note about Kevin Costner's. Costner's enjoyable to watch, but I don't know about his accent. Oh really? Yeah. I loved it. We need to mention our our boy Joe Pesci. Right, Joe Pesci. We've no longer gone go through scene by scene, especially with a movie like JFK. It would be impossible for us to dissect the movie that way. We do need to mention specifically Joe Pesci when he enters with his red wig and drawn-on eyebrows. Mm-hmm. There's people out there who are just like, oh my god, this is horrible costume, and especially one scene where his wig like moves. It's meant to be a wig. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's part of his character. Apparently David Ferry had alopecia and was bald and couldn't grow facial hair and probably didn't have eyebrows, so... He drew them on and apparently even made his own wigs, which did not look great. He did a a good enough Southern accent, Pesci, but I think it's just so hard for him to hide the New Jersey accent. Very impressive 
I think, portrayal from Pesci. I think this is probably the biggest range we've seen. Oh, you think so? I think so. Joe Pesci's character, David Ferry, is a very pivotal character in Jim Garrison's case and in the movie. Mm-hmm. David Ferry was had supposed connections to Lee Harvey Oswald via um, Clay Shaw or Clay uh, Bertrand, mm-hmm. played by Tommy Lee Jones. His character is uh, kind of a flamboyant, extravagant, outlandish person who apparently did and said crazy things. I did see a, a bit of trivia that said he tried to make a submarine out of a septic tank. Oh, so when he was trying to cure cancer with the mice in his apartment, he just was, was it just like a type of guy that was experiment. He was yeah, actually trying. trying to figure figure stuff out and, and kind of did crazy stuff. His portrayal of this character is, I would say, probably the the furthest departure as far as any other Joe Pesci's characters go. It's like you look at um his award nominating roles or even mm-hmm. winning roles, Goodfellas, Casino, The Irishman, Very Gangster, Raging Bull, they're all very similar mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. Like we know that Pesci can do outraged. We know he can mm-hmm. play the tough guy. Um I remember in our first podcast about With Honors, I had stated that this was the most dramatic role. And, and what I meant by dramatic was vulnerable. the most vulnerable role that I'd ever seen Pesci play. But this one, I think it's the most range we've seen out of Pesci, playing a, a gay man who from the, from the south... With who's also the skin hair condition. Uh, an anti-communist who's working with Cuban. It's it's very interesting. He's a different character. For interesting him. character, yeah. We do get to see our favorite, which is what we look for every time we see Pesci is his Pesciisms. They meet up with him after the first time they interview him, and. He uh, is afraid at this point, and he's very mm. paranoid, mm-hmm. and they take him to a hotel, and I think it's the next scene, he, he ends up uh, killing himself. Of course, there's speculation and that, it's off screen that, he didn't, that he didn't kill himself, yeah. but his wig is half off and cocked, you know, he's, he's looking out the window, and he's, he's you know, checking to see if people have bugs on him, and he's moving all around like Joe Pesci tends to do. There is the part where he says, it's a mystery inside of a riddle wrapped in an enigma, which is like a ridiculous kind of, seems like pontification from Oliver Stone, but apparently that is not verbatim, but a quote from Winston Churchill. Okay, I can see the range. I, I do see this uh, departure of his normal characters. He didn't have that much screen time. Of course, he did have a decent amount more than Once Upon a Time in America. Yes. But I he, didn't realize how important he was. He is in like four or five scenes. And then, of course, there are a lot of flashbacks and stuff like that to scenes with him. Some very ridiculous scenes of him partying with 
Tommy Lee Jones like and, and Kevin painted Bacon. Painted in gold. And I guess there's some sort of angel masquerade something. orgy party where yep. they're they're like doing, what are the popper things? I don't know what those are. I have no idea. They break old, them. And they... Old drugs. Yeah. This is after Goodfellas. Oh. But I think also before he wins the Oscar... And then before My Cousin Vinny. So in between those two, I'm trying to think back to when I first watched it. And I I know that the first time I watched it, it like blew me away. Of course, I was, I was young and naive. I'm like probably a teenager, or early 20s in college. And I'm watching something like this and thinking like, holy shit, our government's lying to us. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I don't believe the story that he's giving us is fully factual maybe not now we're talking about the oh dang it okay let's get away from this the thing about this movie is we enjoy the shots we enjoy the acting kevin costner's phenomenal and apparently oliver stone although went to both mel gibson and harrison ford first settled with kevin costner and told costner to bring the same energy that he brought to the untouchables uh, wanted the character to have that same I'm going to get to the bottom of this attitude like his character did in The Untouchables. Mm. There's a lot of small players in this movie. Kevin Bacon's character, Willie O'Keefe, is awesome. I made a note. Kevin Bacon, crispy and phenomenal. Crispy? What is crisp? crispy? Yeah. I don't remember, but it, at the time, I felt like he was crispy and phenomenal. Sissy Spacek as his wife, mm -hmm. amazing. Laurie Metcalf is great on his team. Michael Rooker is always fun to to watch. Like he's so much fun to watch, even when he's like this the worst character ever. Like from The Walking Dead, just fun to watch. Like Donald Sutherland probably put in just one day of work and is just sat there and monologued for sixteen minutes and just a, a, great, a great yeah mm -hmm. so really fun fun movie to watch interesting it's cool to see a take on a piece of history as long as people know that as long as yeah it's a work of fiction it's entertainment unless you know who who knows unless what happens it's real. When, I the, mean, when the documents come out find out. the documents it's all in the documents yeah the documents are there yeah which is ridiculous, right? Like, If they're there. If there's documents that exist that could say something that happened didn't actually happen the way that it happened, then why, 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 why are they secret? I don't understand. It's national security. Here we go again. Government's or keeping us safe. Or they're protecting us from ourselves. Or they're protecting themselves from us. And here we go, getting political again. Ah, let's get away from this. Let's uh, let's wrap this up, and we'll rate this film. We'll mm. keep this short, unlike the film. Let's rate this bitch. Yes. What does uh, Rotten Tomatoes say? Rotten Tomatoes. So the tomato meter is at eighty-four percent fresh. Okay. The audience score was at eighty-eight percent. And IMDb an 8.0, so 80%. So all very similar, right around the same range. 
I think out of 12, mm. I think I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. Yes. Okay. So mm. you're you're hovering, um, let's see, hovering just above with honors but below casino. Uh, yeah. That's good. Hey, there's no, I think that what's going to happen is we're going to get to week 12 and we might do a little shuffle, shuffle, shuffle ruski. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give this movie a 9. Uh, for me, which is, let's see, just above my cousin Vinny and below a casino. Hey. Yeah. I guess we just enjoy uh, Tough Guy Pesci a little bit more than Conspiracy Pesci. We still have four more episodes to go. Next week, we have Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. After that, Goodfellas. Then we're doing Home Alone 1 and 2, and we're finishing off two. with The Super. The Super, which yes. is a comedy, not a horror. I, no one has ever set you. Every time I bring I up the that? Super, you're like, "That's." I think it's a horror. No one's ever said it's a horror. It's not a horror. Why does the Super make you think it's a horror I don't movie? Know. The Super. It's just Super is usually a a good word. Do yeah. you know what the Super stands for? Superintendent. Yeah, he's the super of the, without of the giving building? anything away, yeah, he's a superintendent of a, an apartment building. Okay. That kills its tenants. <laughs> a creepy one. Thank you for joining us today when we talked about Oliver Stone's JFK. And skirted around delicate topics. Let us know what you thought. If you want to talk political, go for it. But we probably won't respond because we're not interested in having any sort of online uh, political arguments with people because that's not fun. Mm, some people think it's fun, but no. Not interested. Uh, but if you want to talk about the movie, absolutely. Hit us up. Give us your opinion. Let us know what you thought. You can hit us up on YouTube. We are at Stellar Alignment Podcast. We're also on Instagram at Stellar Alignment Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or TikTok under that same handle. However, YouTube and Instagram are probably the best places to find us. Yes. Thank you again, and we'll see you next Thursday for Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. Adios. Bye. Not limited to Kevin Costner, Gary Oldman, Spacey, Sissy SpaceX. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Starring but not limited to Kevin Costner. <laughs> Spacey Sissy. <Sisak. laughs> Stupid.